Hey guys, this is Christopher Sean, aka Kazuriziono, and you are listening to Radio Dakar. Broadcasting across the galaxy, you're listening to Radio Dakar, a Star Wars podcast dedicated to Resistance, The Mandalorian, and more. Alright, hello everyone, and welcome to the latest edition of Radio Dakar. I'm your host, Doug Brooks, and this is my review of The Clone Wars, Season 7, Episode 3, On the Wings of Kyrdax. Uh, this is Part 3 of 4 of the Bad Batch arc. Uh, we are getting close to the end of this little arc, and another good episode. I enjoyed it. Uh, a little bit shorter, so this episode's going to be a little bit shorter too, um, but again, once uh, episode four comes out and it wraps up the arc, uh, I'll have a longer episode where I kind of bring everything together, uh, but let's get into it. Uh, this one was written once again by Matt Michnovich and Brent Friedman. Uh, they had worked on the previous two episodes, so you know I wasn't reviewing the show when it first aired, so I never really paid attention. I, it seems like they got the same writers to do the whole arcs. Which helps with continuity. And uh, this one was directed by Bosco Ng, who uh, went on to uh, went on to do Star Wars Resistance. I remember him from uh, my Resistance reviews. So we're still on uh, Skako Minor with uh, the Bad Batch and Rex and Anakin trying to rescue Echo from Wat Tambor and the Techno Union in their city. Um, you know, in typical Clone Wars fashion, it jumps right into the middle of the battle. And, they're, you know, they're fighting against those new battle droids that I really like. Uh, I mentioned they, on the last episode, they kind of look like, oh, that one Decepticon in Revenge of the Fallen, where it was all the little beads um, combined together to make a razor-thin Decepticon who could steal the shard from the um, nest base. You know, it make, at first I thought, well, you know, just new battle droid design, that's cool. But then as this episode went on, and we get to where they, they have flight capability later, I thought, okay, well, it makes sense for a couple of reasons. You want them to be adaptable to the environment they're in. They're in a, like a floating city, basically, and need to have the same capability as the, the native reptile um, creatures, uh, like the... Oh, the Banshee-type creatures that are on this planet. A lot of Avatar vibes <laughs> this episode, uh, which is fine. Uh, but then you think about it, like, the Techno Union is trying to claim that they're neutral in the whole th deal during the Clone Wars, even though we know they're with the Separatists, or at least have an agreement with them. You know, Wat Tambor was in that council scene with Count Dooku and on Geonosis, pledging his... Um, Pledging his machines. Uh, also, well, I mean, I can, can mention it now. Um, you know, it, he's one of the final Separatist leaders that Anakin or Darth Vader kills on Mustafar. You know, he's uh, trying to distance himself on the other side of the that long conference table when 
uh, Vader turns to the screen, and that's when he had this, has the yellow eyes. Yeah, he's in he's in that scene. So <clears throat> it, it's funny to think about it because you know we we see Anakin and Watt Tambor together in this episode, and it's weeks, just weeks or a month or two later that he kills him once he turns to the dark side. So the the timing of the episode is interesting. So anyway, yeah. So you've got the battle droids. So they're not really, you know, they're, they're trying to claim, oh, they're not separatist battle droids for the Confederacy, but, you know, they still are voiced by Matthew Wood and sound like Roger. Uh, so, so it, it made sense to have a new battle droid design. It wasn't just like, oh, let's just make a new battle droid. Um, yeah, so we get more of Watt Tambor. Um, even though we didn't see much of it, and from what I understand, it was a deleted animatic, um, which is one reason why the episode's so short. Uh, the Decimator. Yeah, I like how it, you know, can go, basically electrocutes everything, every organic material in a room. It, it would have been neat to see that used more throughout the series, but, you know, it's neat here. And again, I got to go back to how much I like the design of this Techno Union stronghold that it looks it looks like something out of Bioshock. Not exactly sure if that's where they're going for, but that just that steampunk, you know, art deco thing you would see on certain earth designs. And the decimator kind of fit that whole vibe when it goes into the room and starts electrifying everything with the purple beams. Yeah, I just really like the architecture and everything. I mean, since it's been, been back, the, the series has just been so beautiful. So they managed to get to Echo, and he's still plugged in, so Tech has to get him out. Um, and, and it's neat that, yes, they did access his memory and utilize, you know, against his will, use his knowledge and everything to plan counterattacks. But the fact that it also went the other way, and that he knows the layout of the compound and what the secrets of it are as far as access panels and where the docking bays are and all that. Um, you know, everybody getting out through the um, that uh, that ventilation hatch was cool. You know, it's got that. Uh, the top hatch on the Falcon and the um, the hatch at Scarif when they had to climb to get to the satellite dish. Um, you know, it's kind of that consistent Star Wars design to it, which I liked. Um, now, I got uh, my favorite visual or scene was when they're walking the pipe to get from one building to the other to get to the docking bay. And then they're surrounded by battle droids on each side. So it pulls out. you got the clones and Anakin. And his lightsaber is clearly lit. And then you got the battle droids on each side. They're up in the sky on the pipe. That's just a beautiful shot. Again, the, <laughs> the visuals are just incredible for this show. So I, just based on, you know, the natives and the fact they... Let them use their, their their own language and the design of the city and 
the weather conditions where where you know it's the wind the wind and the storms Skyco Minor has become one of my top 10 favorite planets in Star Wars like overall I think the only planet I like better in Clone Wars is Abafar from Sunny Day in the Void just cuz I loved the simplistic terror of that planet I mean <laughs> I almost wish I could re- review that episode, but I'm not going back and doing them all. But, you know, can you imagine being in a planet where, because of the haze and the flat topography, you don't know which direction you're going and it all looks the same? I mean, that would be terrifying. And, yeah, just the simplicity of Abafar was what made it a superior planet. But, yeah, I love everything about Skyco Minor. So this was a fun episode to behold. The whole arc is. Well, they've only been on it for two episodes because they were on um, an axis the first time. Um, yeah, Wrecker has just been so much fun as a character. And D. Bradley Baker, you, you can tell he, he got to have a lot of fun with this character because most of the other clones that he's played have been the same kind of vibe. Oh, uh, but yeah, and and I mean, Wrecker's you know he's the comic relief and the big grunt, but in in a good way, it's really worked out. I've really enjoyed Tech, like the way he has the frequency or, or the language to call the Karadax to help bail them out so they can jump on. And of course, that's how they escape. Uh, they jump onto the backs so they can fly away. With the um with the battle droids in pursuit at one point, you know, <laughs> they basically replicated the, they fly now thing from Pisana in Rise of Skywalker, which this was done first, technically, since they did the animatics all those years ago. So Rise of Skywalker took, took it from here. Anyway, yeah, so it, it works either way. You know, since they shortened the episode, I'm kind of surprised they didn't put in more dynamic flying with the Kyridax and basically replicate the Avatar Flight of Passage ride at Disney World. Which, if, if you've... Okay, I, I still haven't been to Galaxy's Edge, so I have not ridden Smuggler's Run or um, Rise of the Resistance, but Flight of Passage is the most incredible ride. Um, if you ever get a chance to go to um, uh, the Pandora section at Animal Kingdom, wait in line, it's worth it. We waited four hours... <laughs> for that ride but it is totally worth it it's beautiful so i'm kind of surprised they didn't try to replicate that here but that's okay and so we get you know they land back at um with the natives and you know show them what has been done to echo and get them to fight alongside them because they know the um techno union sending more droids and I mean, I won't go into too much detail, but I just love the entire battle that they had uh, between the natives and the clones versus all the droids. And, and I didn't notice it till the second viewing when I was taking notes, but the, the whole battle was done without dialogue. It's just the action. You don't even hear like Roger Roger, you know, the battle droid scuttlebutt in the background. It's just the fighting and the focus on the action and the scenery and the the animation it it was really well done so good for them for just dropping the dialogue and going for the action 
So, of course, they fight off the the droids, the, um, the big spider-looking ones they managed to take out. And so they're going to head head back to the Republic. And, I mean, that's pretty much the episode. It was uh, just a lot of great action. I enjoyed it. You know, can't wait to see what the conclusions are. And just a couple of questions it raised for me that may be answered this week. Uh, coming up with this uh, episode four, but we'll find out and then we'll talk about it in a longer episode. So Watt Tambor is talking about the Techno Union, you know, are they going to tell them that they lost their asset being Echo? And, you know, um, talking about getting something back as collateral. Makes me wonder, well, A, what, what is the Techno Union relationship to the Separatists at this point? And do they wind up telling them? Because well, obviously the Separatists have been using the intel from Echo to plan battles. Um, and, you know, being this close to the end of the war as we know it. You know, was that information giving out, given out? Did it change any sort of battle plans? As they, Maybe that's why, well, it was all Palpatine's plan anyway, but maybe that's why the seemingly desperate plan to kidnap the chancellor happened because they were like well we got to do something now so i don't know if that'll be explored or not but that was just something that came to mind and um i'll end it with what you know echo yeah he's like yeah everything's fine but is it you know what what what's going on with him what's going to be his end because you know we never saw him in rebels we saw old man rex and you know, a couple other clones, but we didn't see Echoes, so we don't know. Uh, I'll be very interested to see, you know, what, what Echo's fate is, if we get it this episode coming up. Uh, but that's it. Um, like I say, you know, I didn't have to talk too much about it. This episode's going to go almost as long as that one did. But again, just just really well done. This Season 7 is going to be great. Uh, it's been enjoyable so far. Uh, but thanks again for listening. Um, look forward to next week's longer review of the whole arc. Uh, until then, you can follow me on social media at Radio Dakar, R-A-D-I-O-D-Q-A-R, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, all the Radio Dakar episodes are available on most major podcast platforms through SoundCloud, uh, Google Play, Spotify, Overcast, um, Apple, uh, Anchor.fm. The Anchor app is the home base for the show. Uh, if you like, you can become a patron of the show, like my friends, uh, Rural Farm Boy and Chris from Kentucky. Uh, that's at patreon.com slash radio to car. Again, thank you for listening and I will see you next week to wrap up the arc until then. May the force be with you.